Y'all no pressure, right? All right, so I brought this stool up here because I have these high heel boots on, and my grandma used to bring extra shoes everywhere she went. And I called my mom on the way here, and I was like, Mom, I'm wearing high heels tonight. And she was like, well, did you bring extra shoes? And I was like, no, Mom, I didn't. So I figured it was either this or, like, taking my shoes off. So the latter might happen, but I know. I know. That was a foresight on my problem, yeah. All right, so tonight, um, like Ann said, we're going to be talking about wisdom, about being a woman, and about this succulent, Okay. I love succulents, and I think they're like the cutest thing ever. How many of you guys have a succulent at your house? This is from work. Josh got me this succulent for my birthday, and I thought it was just the cutest thing ever. And so I have it at my desk every day. It doesn't really make me think of Josh, but it makes me think about how much I like succulents. So, <laughs> um, I love succulents. And one of the cool things about succulents is that they really are super captivating. You can see that picture up there. There's just something so interesting about succulents. And they withstand dry conditions, um, and they also withstand overwatering. And I know this because I've done both of those things. If you come to my house, you will find a dead orchid. Um, For a while, Josh tried to buy me orchids for my birthdays because that was my favorite flower. And then I realized I just killed them every time, and so we should probably just quit buying them. Uh, And Josh honestly takes better care of that orchid than I do. But this succulent, man, it has withstood a lot because one time I got excited and I watered it every day way too much. And then I was gone for a week and forgot about it at work and never watered it. And so it withstands a lot. And it's also so simple, and yet it's so beautiful. And sometimes I think that Succulents can look like they're so silent, you know, and so still. They're not big and boisterous. They're not obnoxious. They're not crazy. They're just so simple and so still. And I honestly struggle to be that kind of person. I struggle to be that, that silent, still person. I don't know about you guys, but that is literally my struggle. Um, Linda Bottoms talked about a verse one time about how if you talk too much, you're going to get into trouble. In Proverbs 21, 23, it says, watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you will stay out of trouble. And can I tell you that I have struggled with that? How many of you guys? Yes, thank you for not letting me feel alone. Yeah, I have struggled before to keep my mouth shut. And so for me, sometimes this succulent can represent the wisdom to keep my mouth shut and just to like be quiet and not be in trouble. Because sometimes if you just allow yourself to just simply be you can have so much more wisdom because you're not telling everyone all your silly ideas and getting yourself into trouble. So because um, we're at a women's event, of course, we have to talk about Proverbs 31 because why not? Um, But we are not going to focus on the typical parts that you might think we're going to focus on. And I actually, in my notes, I, it says a wife of noble character. I crossed that out and I put a woman of noble character because I think that this applies to so many of us. And I will actually, as we go through this, I'm going to tell you the parts that don't apply to me because there are a few of them. All right, so just bear with me, and we're going to fill in as we go. All right, so who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She's more precious than rubies. Her husband can trust her, and and she will greatly enrich his life. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She finds wool and flax and busily spins it. Never done that. She's like a merchant ship bringing food from afar. I do go to the grocery store. She gets up, but sometimes I order it and they bring it out to me, though. So she gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and plan the day's work for her servant girls. I get up before dawn, but I make breakfast for no one. She goes to inspect the field and buys it with her earnings, and she plants a vineyard. This is the only plant I grow. She is energetic and strong, a hard worker. I've got that one down, okay? I'm probably one of the most crazy energetic people you've met. 
Uh, it's, it's overwhelming sometimes, so I understand. I'm sorry. She makes her dealings, makes sure her dealings are profitable. Her lamp burns late into the night. Her hands are busy spinning thread and her fingers twisting fiber. She extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. She has no fear of winter in her household, for everyone has warm clothes. Now, that was not true of me five years ago when I moved here, but then I bought my first winter coat and FaceTimed my mom about it, and now we're all good. We have warm clothes. So she makes her own bedspreads. How many of you ladies, like, make quilts in here? I think that's literally the coolest thing ever, and I don't even own a sewing machine, but I think that that's so cool. Um, I don't do that. She dresses in fine linen and purple gowns. Her husband is well known at the city gates where he sits with the other, other civic leaders. She makes belted linen garments and sashes to sell to the merchants. She's clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. So we're going to take a little step out here for a second. How many of you guys have been in situations where the future is not something you're going to be excited and laugh about? Or it's a little bit scary? Yeah, I've been in some of those situations. Um, I started my grad school program a few years ago, and two weeks before my classes started, I found out I was pregnant. And I don't know, like some of you that are moms, I don't know how you reacted maybe when you found out you were pregnant. You probably were like excited, and you were happy. And I sat in the bathroom and said, oh no, oh no, what am I going to do? And I was freaking out. Because I was, like, scared, and I had so many things going on, and I was like, how am I going to manage all of this? And even if that's not, like, what your situation was, sometimes we get into situations, and we're like, how am I going to manage all of this? I'm doing 42 million things. I have a friend at work um, named Jenny Green. Her and her husband used to be youth pastors in this area, uh, and she calls me a crazy head. And she's absolutely correct. I am a crazy head, and I am a crazy person, and sometimes I do so many things. I'm like, how am I going to laugh without fear of the future? How am I going to be able to let myself function in a way that I don't freak out and I don't stress out? Because let me tell you, it happens a lot. Here's the next part, the really important part for tonight. When she speaks, her words are wise, and she gives instructions with kindness. She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. When she speaks, her words are wise. You know, I know in Scripture it talks about how, like, people could see that they had walked with God And I think sometimes when we walk with God, when we speak, our words will become wise. And we'll give our instructions with kindness. Um, Some of you have teenagers uh, that were in our youth group when I first got here. And I am not the kind, compassionate person that I am now. I'm I'm a little more kind and compassionate than I was before. But man, let me tell you, when I came here, I I was a strong personality and I knew that. Um, And there were some things like teenagers would do stuff and I would be like, what are you doing? Do you think this is a good life decision? And kids are like crying in Josh's office and Josh is like, we're just really disappointed, but we really do want to help you get through this. And I'm like, you made the worst decision ever. And I was that, I was like, I was, it was out of love. Okay. It was out of love. But I realized that even in the past few years and just my life experience and the wisdom I've been able to gain, like I've seen so much of that in me change. And some of our students might tell you otherwise because I still get a little saucy with them because they need it. But most of them would probably tell you that I'm much kinder than I was before. And I think sometimes when we allow that wisdom to come into our lives, it changes so much of who we are. And it changes so much of our personality. And we realize that when we speak, people listen. I will tell you something. Um, How many of you have had a personal, face-to-face, one-on-one conversation with Josh Jans? Not a lot of you, and there's a reason for that. Josh is not a very talkative guy, and it's mostly because I do all the talking. 
And even when we came here and interviewed, Linda was like, okay, let Josh talk. And I was like, okay. And then I did. And she's like, good job. Uh, But Josh doesn't talk a lot. But I can tell you, man, when he speaks, his words are full of wisdom. Someone text him and tell him I said that. His words are full of wisdom. And he always makes jokes to me. He's like, you know, if you talk all the time, people don't listen. But if you don't talk a lot, when you do talk, they listen. And I'm like, okay, shh, <laughs> let me finish talking. Um, but tonight we're going to talk about being in that wisdom. So we're going to finish out this passage. It says, she carefully watches everything in, her hu- every, everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will greatly be praised. Reward her for all she has done and let her deeds publicly declare her praise. So we're going to look at three areas tonight of where you can gain wisdom and where that wisdom comes from. The first one is from the Lord. Solomon asked for wisdom in 1 Kings 3. 3 through 13, it says, Solomon loved the Lord and followed all the decrees of his father David, except that Solomon, too, offered sacrifices and burnt incense at the local places of worship. The most important of these places of worship was at Gibeon, so the king went there and sacrificed 1,000 burnt offerings. That night, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream and said, God said, what do you want? Ask, and I will give it to you. I don't know about you guys, but sometimes if God just said, like, what do you want? I'd be like, let me show you my list, Okay. I've got it. I keep it here on my phone. Let me show you the list of things that I would like. Um, But Solomon was so, so humble in his answer. He said, you showed great and faithful love to your servant, my father, David, because he was honest and true and faithful to you. You've continued to show this great and faithful love to him today by giving him a son to sit on his throne. Now, O Lord, my God, you've made me king instead of my father, David. But I'm a little child who doesn't know his way around. And here I'm in the midst of your own people, a nation so great and numerous that they cannot be counted. Give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. For who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours? And then the Lord says to him later, Because you have asked for wisdom in governing my people with justice and have not asked for a long life or wealth at the death of your enemies, maybe some of the things we would ask for, I will give you what you've asked for. I'll give you a wise and understanding heart such as no one else has had or ever will have. And I'll also give you what you did not ask for, riches and fame. No other king in all the world will be compared to you for the rest of your life. And if you follow me and obey my decrees and my commands as your father David did, I will give you a long life. So the point of this is that when we ask for wisdom, God will give it to us. And that doesn't always look like what we think it's going to look like. And we'll talk about that later, how sometimes that wisdom can come through different things. But when we ask for wisdom, God will give it to us. I work at Christian Care Ministry uh, with the MediShare program on a recorded line for quality assurance. Um, I'm on the phones there. And I get the opportunity to pray with people. And every time I end a phone call with someone, I ask them if they'd like prayer. And typically they say yes. And one of the things I always pray for, especially if they have kids or a business or anything like that, I pray that God would just give them wisdom in that. Because I can tell you that we can't get through life's struggles. We can't get through life's hurdles without having God's wisdom. And he wants to give it to you. That's the coolest thing. Like, he doesn't just want you to be like, oh, this is awful. What am I going to do? Hello. He wants to give you his wisdom. And so all we have to do is just ask God for that wisdom, and he will give it to you. The next thing is that we can find wisdom through prayer like Solomon. That kind of goes with what we just said. Um, My grandmother was a very wise lady. She would wake up every morning very early to pray. How many of you guys 
have women in your family like that, or maybe you are a woman in your family like that, you can raise your hand. Brag on yourself. It's okay. Yeah. And if you were at my grandma's house, you could hear her praying early in the morning. It would echo through her house. She would be at her chair praying, crying out over her children and her grandchildren and her husband and their ministry. Man, it was so amazing. And I aspire to be like that. I aspire to leave that kind of legacy for my family and leave that kind of legacy for the people around me. How many times we put God in in such a place of honor that we make him our top priority like that? Because so many times it's like, oh, man, I, okay, you, some of you will understand this. The Bible app has something called streaks, and it's not like when you take your clothes off and run. It's like when you get on the Bible app enough days in a row, you get streaks. And they're like, oh, you're on day 15. And sometimes we log on to our Bible app just to get the streaks and just to be like, yeah, look at me. 100 days in a row, I opened the app. But did I read it? Or did I just open it when the verse of the day popped up on my phone? You know? And sometimes we just, like, do the bare minimum to get by. And we do just enough to say, okay, I did my Bible reading. I read my, you know, three verses for tonight or whatever it is. But do we really make God's, do we really put him in such a place of honor in our lives that we make him that priority? I remember as a young girl hearing my mother sing in, uh, during worship. And I remember hearing her very specifically speak in tongues. I know what her prayer language sounds like so clearly. And I think sometimes we, we lose sight of that and we don't recognize who's listening to us and who's hearing us. Hey, Chrisida. Uh We don't realize who's hearing us. And Greta, hey. Uh, we don't realize who's listening to us and who's hearing us. But I know that for me, I want to be able to be that kind of person for our youth students, for Chrisida and Greta and Anna and Shalina and all those other teenage girls. I want to try to be that person for them. I want my child to grow up knowing what my prayer language sounds like, knowing that I put God at such a place of honor that I'm up before everyone else is and I'm praying over our household. I want my husband to recognize that I will be the warrior and I will be the fighter. I want my friends and my family to realize that I'm going to pursue wisdom in such a way that I'm not going to stop putting God in a place of honor. I'm not going to stop seeking after him in that way. And as we continue to go through some of these things, I encourage you, evaluate in your life where you're at with that. Just think about that and allow the Lord to speak to you and allow him to tell you, this is where you can improve. And don't let yourself get offended by it. The Holy Spirit's not lying to you. Just let him speak to you and let him say, this is where you can improve. And decide tonight that this is the night that you're going to change that. And you're going to start to pursue wisdom and put God in a place of honor in your life that he deserves to be in. Another thing that we can find wisdom in is scripture. In Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. When we delve into scripture, when we delve into what the Lord has given to us, man, we can find so much wisdom. So much. There are so many things that we have yet to learn and yet to fully grasp and fully understand, and the Lord is right there waiting to reveal them to us. I don't know about you, but sometimes I can read a Bible passage 15 times, and then on that 16th time, I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is what he was trying to say to me. And sometimes it just takes continually pursuing that wisdom and continually going after what God has for us to reach the point where we're like, this is the wisdom that you have for me. Another way we can find wisdom is through life experiences. Sometimes life is hard, but we can learn from it. Um, I want you guys to turn to each other at your table really quick. 
and just share one thing that you've had to learn the hard way. It can be funny or it can be hard or whatever, but just take like a minute and share one thing you've learned the hard way. All right, go. I want to know all the stories. All right, so all of these stories, I wish that I could hear all of them. If you want to come tell me what your hard wisdom stories are later, you totally can, because it sounds like they're pretty funny. Sometimes life is hard, and sometimes we have to learn from it. And I'm going to take you deep for a second, maybe make you cry, and it's okay. Um, I know, I'm sorry, I'm taking you there. Okay, so um, last year, When the Whites passed away, Josh and I had to navigate something that we've literally never navigated before as youth pastors. And we called our youth ministry professor at SAGU that morning. And I said, what do we do? We didn't learn any of this in any of our classes. What do we do? And I talked to Linda on the phone that morning, and I just said, what do we do? What do we do? And she's like, I don't know. (laughs) And we didn't know. We didn't know what to do. And I called him, and I said, Garland, what do we do? I've never been in this position before. We didn't cover this in any of the classes we talked about or any of our lessons. And he said, I don't know what to do either because this doesn't happen to people. And I can tell you that that was literally the hardest thing probably I've ever walked through in my entire life. But man, the wisdom I gained, it was amazing. Some of the wisdom I saw our students gain, that was amazing. The wisdom my husband gained, my goodness, that was amazing. And I can tell you that our reliance upon the Holy Spirit and our reliance upon the Lord to move in and through us at that point was literally the only thing that sustained us. Because I guarantee you we could not have done that without our reliance on the Holy Spirit. Our students couldn't have done it. And, you know, we've gotten together with Gordon many times since then, and he'll say things like, oh, thank you guys for all the things you did for our youth kids. And I'm like, Gordon, what are you saying? Like, why are you trying to thank us right now? This is crazy. Um, But just the, the Holy Spirit and the wisdom that he gives, when you walk through those hard moments and when you walk through those things that are awful and that you never, ever, ever want to experience, that no one else has ever walked through and no one can help you through, God will be that wisdom for you, and he will give you that reliance upon him. And it's hard, and it's difficult, but sometimes you have to take those situations and determine what your perspective is going to be. And not that you can't grieve or you can't be frustrated or upset or angry or whatever, but you have to determine, like, I'm going to depend on the Holy Spirit in this. I'm not going to try to do it by myself because it's not worth it and it's not going to work. And I'm going to put this burden and this weight that I'm carrying in the hands of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask for his wisdom to lead his people. And I'm going to trust and believe that he is going to take me there and he is going to give me what I need to get through it. And even if that's just leading yourself, that's just as important. Even if that's just leading your your coworker or your sibling or even your parent, whatever it is, that's just as important. And the Holy Spirit will give you that wisdom if you lean into him and say, you know, I can't do this by myself. Another thing about wisdom is that it's all about perspective. Life is 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how you react. So now we're going to be funny again. Um, Have you ever reacted in a funny way to life's hard moments? 
or in, in a way that maybe you shouldn't have. I know you guys shared some stories. It sounded like they were a lot of fun, and I'm jealous that I didn't get to hear all of them. And have you gained wisdom from those stories, or have you refused to learn from them? Because sometimes we go through hard things, and we have the opportunity to gain wisdom, but then we don't because we're like, I'm not doing that. One of the greatest times of my newlywed marriage life happened when we had been married about three months, and I was super determined to make dinner for my husband every night because my mother-in-law, y'all, she is, like, this phenomenal cook, okay? And she, like, makes all this homemade crazy stuff and, like, all this stuff, okay? And my mom is a good cook, too, but I was never super into cooking. And, like, the summer before I got married, my mom looked at me, and she was like, well, I guess I should teach you to cook now. And I was like, oh, gosh. Uh, so, I, you know, I had all these, like, southern cookbooks and stuff because my husband's from Wisconsin. And so it's got to get, like, southern cooking, you know, like, oh, look at me. Look, I'm from Texas. And I made these enchiladas that I found probably on Pinterest. And I was super proud of myself. And I was, like, serving them to my husband. And I was like, mm, look what I made. And I put it on the table in front of him. And then he took a bite, and he was eating it. And I was like, how is it? He's like, you know, it's pretty good. You know, my mom has a really good recipe for enchiladas. And I, <laughs> this is where the 90% reaction came in because I said, put your fork down. You will not eat any more enchiladas tonight. And I was so upset. And can I tell you, I've never made enchiladas ever again. That's the wisdom I took from that story. Um, you just got to learn. And sometimes you got to be like, you know what? I'm just never going to make enchiladas again. So whatever your enchiladas are in your life, just don't make them again. It's not worth it, okay? Finally, the other place that we can gain wisdom from is other people. Look around at the women in this room. My goodness, you are surrounded with people with so many different life experiences. We're at different stages in life. We've experienced different hardships, different joys, different pains. And there is so much wisdom in this room. I honestly like, feel like such a foolish person being up here telling all of you about wisdom. Because I can tell you that some of you have more wisdom than I could ever even hope to have. And your life experiences are amazing. And the things that you've learned and the things that you've figured out along the way are amazing. And God is calling us to a place of community. In Ecclesiastes 4, 10 through 12, it says, If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? You could jump up and down, but it probably wouldn't work. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. And when we enter into community like that with others, we can lean into their wisdom. I have literally asked so many of you questions about marriage, about life, about if I needed to take my child to, like, the emergency room or something. I have asked you guys so many questions about ministry, about so many things. And there are so many people in here that I would love to just sit down with you and pick your brains and be like, tell me how you live your life because it seems like you got it all together. Ah! And I am just in awe of the wisdom. And when we lean into the wisdom of those around us, we don't always have to go through those hard times because their wisdom will help us learn before the hard times even come. And then when those hard times do come, we're able to lean into that wisdom of our friends or our mentors or maybe our accountability partners or other ladies at the church. We're able to lean into that wisdom and say, what would you do in this situation? How did you handle this? What happened when this happened in your marriage? What happened when that happened to your child? What happened when that happened in your family or in your own life? What happened when you struggled with depression? What happened when you struggled with this or that? And we have wisdom in this room, ready to be given away. 
And all we have to do is reach out and ask for it. Proverbs 3, 13 through 26 says, Joyful is the person who finds wisdom, the one who gains understanding. For wisdom is more profitable than silver, and her wages are better than gold. Wisdom is more precious than ruby, rubies. She offers you long... Oh, sorry, I can't read. Nothing you desire can compare with her. She offers you long life in her right hand and riches and honor in her left. She will guide you down delightful paths, and all her ways are satisfying. Wisdom is a tree of life to those who embrace her. Happy are those who hold her tightly. By wisdom, the Lord founded the earth. By understanding, he created the heavens. By his knowledge, the deep fountains of the earth burst forth, and the dew settles beneath the night sky. My child, don't lose sight of common sense and discernment. Hang on to them, for they will refresh your soul. They are like jewels on a necklace. They keep you safe on your way, and your feet will not stumble. You can go to bed with fear, without fear. You will lie down and sleep soundly. You need not be afraid of sudden disaster or the destruction that comes upon the wicked. For the Lord is your security. He will keep your foot from being caught in the trap. Something I want to touch on here is you will go to bed without fear, and you will lie down and sleep soundly. I have had insomnia since I was a child, and it's awful. And I used to know that my mom would come to check on me at night, so I would try to keep myself awake so that she would get in the bed with me. Um, <laughs> and it never worked. I always tried to, like, sit up in bed or, like, do some weird thing with my legs to keep myself awake, and it literally never worked. Um, but my stepfather sleeps sounder than anyone I know, and that man can fall asleep anywhere. Like, you're sitting on the couch, and I'm talking to my mom and my stepdad, and Jerry just falls asleep. Mom would be like, Jerry, Jerry, you're asleep. Quit snoring. And I'm like, how is he asleep already? But something Jerry always says is if you got a clear conscience, you can just go to sleep whenever you need to. And I'm always like, well, then why do I have trouble sleeping? <laughs> so maybe if you think about that, if you have trouble sleeping tonight, think about what might be on your conscience. I encourage you, take, man, take this wisdom from tonight. It's not mine. It's the Lord's to you. Figure out where in your life you need wisdom and figure out where you're going to get that from because I can promise you that the Lord is ready and willing to give that to you. All you have to do is ask for it. And when we decide to walk in the wisdom that the Lord gives, suddenly we get a different perspective on life. And suddenly things that were insurmountable and things that were unable to be achieved are suddenly so much easier and so much different. And sometimes when the Lord gives you wisdom and works out your situation, it's not always exactly how you thought it would be, but I can promise you it's exactly how he knew it would be. So I'm going to pray over us tonight, and I encourage you, if there's even someone in this room that you're like, man, I need that person's wisdom, go up to them. Um, but before we pray, who made the chicken tortilla soup? All right, well, it was great, and I need your wisdom on that recipe because it was delicious, okay? Like, literally, oh my gosh. Okay, so I'm going to pray for you guys, so bow your heads with me, we're going to pray. God, I thank you for all that you're doing tonight, Father, all the ways that you've spoken to us. God, help us to figure out in our lives where we need wisdom. And God, help us to be humble enough to ask for it and to say, God, I can't do this without you. And I need you to give me wisdom to lead myself, my people, my family, my friends, my coworkers, whatever it is. God, give us the wisdom that we're asking for, Father. God, help us to put you in such a place of honor that we make you a top priority in our life, God. And God, finally, help us to join together in community, God, to recognize the women around us who have wisdom and are willing to give it, Father. God, I pray that you would just move in each of us, God, and help this to resonate deep within us, God. In your name we pray, amen.
Wow. That's awesome. I, I, was, I was okay staying here for another, you know, half an hour. Or no, maybe not, right? My leg is asleep, actually. <laughs> Thank you, Liz. That was awesome. And I know that God has spoken to each one of us. And um, I know he's spoken to me. I mean, I mean, how many times am I trying to do things on my own? And then I get this niggling thought in my head, oh, maybe I should pray about that. So I know that that was one of the things that God spoke to me. But she gave us some really great ideas, too, about how to fill out your share your story cards, too. Like, you know, what's something that you've messed up and had to, God has had to redeem in your life? What's something that you're working on right now, and how is God teaching you that? What is some wisdom that you've gained from somebody else, and what did that look like? I mean, so there's some, some story starters for you, okay? All right, well, thank you guys so much for coming. And we are going to start um, kind of cleaning up and gathering up. And, but feel free to, to visit and to go ask that person for either their recipe or their wisdom. <laughs> Love you all. The first Noel, the 